Welcome in to the February 21st edition of the PFF Forecast. This is an awesome one because we had an opportunity on Thursday morning to talk to Gardner Minshew. So this is going to be the Gardner Minshew episode. We're going to talk to him. We've talked to him about a lot of stuff. We've talked to him about Trevor Lawrence, talked to him about what his offseason is looking like, his golf game, uh, what parts of quarterback play a quarterback can improve. He's a big fan of the quarterback annual. So there's a special edition quarterback annual coming out on Monday for him. So you want to check that out if you have not already. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's rock. Eric, I have a story for you. Oh, man. Go for it. Okay, we both traveled uh, this weekend. I'm in, I'm in D.C. You're in Minnesota. Um, what do you think? I, you know me well enough. My least favorite thing that could possibly happen on a flight is what? You sat next to a person with a BMI above median. I'm not that, I'm not that rude. Okay. It's something that people can control. That they oh, okay. choose to do. You sat next to somebody on an airplane who was eating. There's a there's a pandemic going on. Okay, it, the idea that someone would think, you know what, I'm going to hurry onto the plane so that I can take my mask off and then eat an odious food next to the person that is sitting next to me, it blows my mind. I walk into the airplane. Woman I'm sitting next to has a full like banquet of Popeyes. This is the thing that tilts me is that like, there's nothing like, look, I, I like Cincinnati as much as the next guy, but there's nothing in that airport worth pissing the person off next to you. Right. Well, like it'd be different a- if it was, it'd be different. Like if it, so there was once a time, George, when I lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where I lived in a town without a Chipotle. Okay. And if there was an airport with a Chipotle, I would almost always eat there because <laughs> Like, you, you know, don't get it that often, yeah. but there's nothing in the, like, are you going to go gold star chili? This like, was actually gold star chili onto the, onto the, on the plane. This was my somebody... connector to, from Atlanta. Okay. So it, there's certainly a Popeye's in Atlanta that you can go to. This is not the one time yeah. that you are able to get Popeye's. And what made me even more incensed was that the woman was on the airplane. She might've been the first person on the airplane. She could have easily eaten the Popeyes off the airplane. Anyways, I'm ranting. Let me just say this in any time, no pandemic, pandemic, whatever it is, eat your food before you get on the airplane, please. It's not that hard. Anyways. Um, let's talk a little bit of actual football. You could have gotten, you could have gotten a first class ticket. Like I could at have. this point, it's in the hard pandemic- to get first class though, because they they don't allow people to sit next to one another on Delta. So. Oh, I see. Cause know? for me, I, I basically did that. It was like 1,500 miles. It was totally worth it. That's pretty cool. I I was a comfort plus. Okay. Look, I'm on the upgrade list. I'm that I'm very close. Anyways, um, Carson Wentz got traded since we last talked. Third round pick. um, If he plays more than 75% of the snaps, they'll send another pick over to the Eagles. And the Eagles ate $33.5 million worth of salary to send him over. So I want to ask you this. 
what side of this trade, if any, makes the most sense to you? Yeah, the second pick is coming over there. It just depends upon if he plays or they make the play and or they make the playoffs, whether it's a first round pick or a second round pick, um, you know, from the indie perspective, if they if Wentz plays so poorly that they have to bench him, that second round pick is going to basically be in the 40s anyway. So it's almost a first round pick. If he plays really well um, and well enough to play 75 percent of the snaps, that first round pick might be in the 20s. So there's, you know, I think it makes the most sense for Indy. Like, I actually don't hate it. We talked about Indy as a possible destination for Wentz um, a number of times on our shows. Uh, it really is the only one, you know, with for him that I think like it gives him an opportunity to succeed. And at this point, you you have the Eagles paying a decent amount of that markup, and you didn't give up a first round pick this year. Um, the problem that I have is eventually that window for Indianapolis is going to close. I mean, they've done a great job of hitting on draft picks. They've done a good job in free agency, um, and I fear that they think, okay, Wentz is sort of like the next the next player in a succession of good decisions for them. And they sort of hold, uh, you know, the results that they've been getting out of their front office fixed. And we know that that is sort of a, a risky thing to do in the NFL. Yeah, I guess it makes, I can, I, I do understand where the Colts are coming from, but here's my question with the Colts, which is what are you hoping for? Are, are you, is this really the way you're going to try and win a Super Bowl? Because they have drafted well. They do have some good young players. Um, and I guess when you look at it and you go, what really are their avenues to getting a, a good quarterback? They don't have a lot if they're not willing to just go for it all and trade, you know, trade a bunch of picks. So, you know, they, they bring in Phillip Rivers, you know, it's a, they don't have to give up anything for that. Um, and then now they're, they're potentially giving up, you know, a, a couple of picks, a couple of second rounders, maybe even a late first for Carson Wentz. But it feels like they're just kind of bleeding a little bit of capital here that they, that they maybe don't have to. I, I struggle with this because I, Carson Wentz was so bad last year and everyone's making a ton of excuses for him. This stat blew my mind. It, it absolutely blew my mind. His accurate pass percentage to open receivers was 15% below league average last year. So like, I, I don't know if there's only hundred percent of usable <laughs> percentage there. Like that's it, bad. That's awful. You know? It, and so everyone wants to go back to with Carson Wentz, everyone wants to go back to, okay, well, remember when he was with Frank Reich and in, in 2017 and the Eagles were really good. I, I want to call attention to a couple things about that year in that season. Okay on uh third downs he had a 124 pass rating by the way i'm leveraging the quarterback annual special edition coming out for uh for our buddy gardner Minshew. 124 pass rating on third down uh converted almost 50 percent of third down dropbacks that was down to 32 percent league average about 36 okay this past year so that was such a high variance season that I'm not sure people expecting them just to reunite with Frank Reich. Like I get that they might be praying a lot together, but on third down, your prayers are not going to get answered at a higher rate. Like, I'm sorry. Are we, just... are we, 
are we even sure that like Frank Reich is part of this part of this like group? I don't even think he is. I think he just works well with quarterback. Let's mm-hmm. not besmirch. Let's not put let's not put Reich on the Houston Texans right now, okay? Like let's let's not sully his name. Reich is a good coach, and I think he worked well with Wentz at one point. But here's the thing for Indianapolis, I think, right? I think that this is a situation where you look at Chris Ballard, he's been there since I believe 2018. And they've done what I would consider to be a, a really good job. And they have one playoff win to show for it. And the alternative to Wentz is sort of tearing the whole thing down and getting a quarterback who like, you know, trading, trading us more capital to move up to take one of the quarterbacks in the draft or sort of patch it up again with, let's say percent, um, you know, maybe, maybe cousins. I mean, every other, every other veteran guy, except for one, and that's Dak Prescott makes little sense here for them because Houston probably not trading within division. Right. So to me, I think that's really the issue is for them. They're sort of in like a, you know, they're sort of in that situation where like they got to kind of, shit or get off the pot as far as a team building perspective and there's a lot of veterans on that team that that is that are i think have the expectation of of trying to win a super bowl and i don't think wentz gets them there but i do think it makes sense that they think that i guess i do see it as at least a high variance play right at least they're not going for a middling you know a guy that doesn't have a high ceiling we've seen wentz's ceiling it, it, it is high. I understand from that perspective. Okay. Eagles perspective then. Do you, do you think they should have held on to Wentz? No. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I think they had to get rid of them. I have no problem. Look, I have a problem with a team not being willing to move on because of the sunk cost fallacy. They, they did not fall for that. <laughs> they certainly did not fall for that. No. And what we talked about before is look, you're, if you're going to start Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts ends up playing really well, then it doesn't matter what you're paying Carson Wentz because the good quarterback play is going to be what matters in the long run. And what's tough here, what is really kind of shitty, is that I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to be Herculean to make this team even decent because of the eroding pieces around him. I don't know. What do you think What do you think they do now at, at – um, with their first round pick it's a great i you know we're, we're scheduled to give our mock draft in a couple of weeks like i've been jotting notes and sort of thinking you know at six so here's the question i, I want to back up the discussion of the eagles just one second what was the purpose of getting rid of peterson okay but i don't think it was getting rid of peterson i think peterson said see you later i'm out i the 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 rumor is that, or not even a rumor, what Schefter reported is that he and Wentz didn't speak for six to eight weeks. Yeah, so, I, I get that. But then if they're, but were they, I mean, I guess, did this Wentz thing happen, you know, sort of, I mean, how did the Wentz thing happen then? Because in, in theory, they could have picked Peterson. And I feel like that was actually the better choice. Because right now, like, They've gone from a team who, in my estimation, are were a very well-run football team, and now, like, I have no clue uh, about Sirianni and his like uh, efficacy, like his 
his it's a huge question mark. i have no it's clue a huge question right? mark and like with peterson at least you knew you know that team wasn't very good the last couple of years they still made the playoffs they dealt with a lot of adversity and like the the wheels fell out from my, it's kind of like andy reed right like andy reed had like a bunch of years where McNabb was just barely hanging on and they would make the playoffs, make the playoffs. And then in 2012, they went four and 12 and they fired him and they went with Chip Kelly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is the grass, you know, to meta, is the grass even greener on the other side? I don't think so. Um, but I agree with you on Hertz. And that was the thing, you know, we talked about when we were, when we were discussing him taking over for Wentz was always like, I think he can be okay. I think we, he can impress us without actually being a positive relative to the rest of the league, right? Like we mm -hmm. can look at Hertz being a second round pick out of Alabama, out of um, Alabama and then uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and say, wow, that's an impress. He overperformed that draft position, but he's not going to be good enough for this team to win football games. No, it, look like, he, like the last four games of the year. Like he, that was basically the story with him. The last four games of the year. Here's what I'm hoping. I think here's what Jalen Hurts is hoping for. Jalen Hurts is hoping that they use the um, their first-round pick, whether they trade back, um, what are they, at six? Um, whether they trade back or stay there on someone that can help the offense. You know, maybe Jalen Rager can figure it out a little bit, gives them some speed down the field. They get one more consistent, you know, piece for the offense. Or they trade back and they get two. I think that's a, that's a real possibility there. But I'm also not going to rule out and Austin had this in his mock draft. I'm not ruling out that they t don't take a quarterback here. Because well, I think they, I think they trade up to three. I mean, that's the that's what I've been musing about. They could trade up to three, but they could also sit at six, and they could take you know, if the quarterback falls. Like I, we're underestimating certainly the amount that people are going to in in the league are going to try and you know rationalize taking a tackle really high or two tackles really high or you know. Right. Right. Like that's going to happen. So to me, there's a real good chance that the Eagles still take a quarterback. At least if I'm the Eagles, I'm thinking about that. But let me say this about Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz last year, yards per play from a clean pocket, 6.6. .6. League average, 7.7. .7. Jalen Hurts averaged 7.7. .7. So like the idea that he is at least crawling this team back to average is there. And even though his accuracy has not been on point, I'd expect that to improve um, because he was accurate in college that um, that I think he can be a serviceable quarterback, whether he can raise to that like top 10 level is to be seen. But you want, if you're the Eagles, you're kind of punting on these next couple of seasons. Why would you not take a shot on another quarterback? And we've seen what the value is here for young quarterbacks like this season. So, you know, this off season. So I would take a shot. I think I would lean towards taking a shot with another young quarterback, letting he and Hertz duke it out, whichever one shows the most you roll with the other one, you see what you can get for them. And you go from there. I, I think the Eagles might be one of the few franchises that would actually give that a shot. Here's a, here's a uh, question that I think to, to finish this discussion off um, because I, you bring up a great point about, you know, young quarterbacks and their value. Let's say that Wentz played – let's say Wentz had the exact same season in 2020 that he did in 2019. Mm -hmm. What's the Eagles' record, and what is Wentz's future? So just, just backing up the truck here, 64% completion, mm -hmm. 6.7 yards per pass attempt. Both of those are below league average, you know. Yeah. 
Man. So in 2019, 76 PFF grade was 16th in the NFL. Exactly. Last year, 65 was 29th. He had the highest negatively graded play rate of any quarterback last year. I think if he's middle of the pack, I think they roll with him again, man. I really yeah, do. Yeah, but how, like, does the team have a shot is my, like. No. You're almost in a weird way because he flamed out. I, well, no, they're not yeah. in a better position, but like that, that team was sort of in like in tatters in many ways because of Wentz's deal, but also just like bad variance. So at least they get to start over here. But to your point, because of how much they have committed here, it's not going to necessarily be the greatest. Um, it's it's not going to get better that quickly. No, no, no. They, they yeah, might I mean, be they're... able to figure out the culture a little bit. And this will be the interesting thing, because this is the part where we're trying to learn more ways to quantify this. And, you know, looking at like um, scouting reports and doing text analysis on this, I think will help. Right. And we did this with Hertz and I, I, I'm still clinging to that. Like, I still think there's a bit of that there. He is in a position where he could legitimately change the culture. He could be the type of charismatic leader that if he plays well enough, can galvanize the group around him that Wentz was not able to do. So if he can, like, and I think he's got a shot to, that, that this city and that team would would rally around him. I'll say that. Um, and the bar and the bar will be a lot lower. The bar is um, super low. Of his salary. Yep, the bar is super low. Um, before we get to Gardner, I have one question for you. Rumors, rumors that Trevor Lawrence, not the number one quarterback on some teams' boards, anonymous scouts are out there and they're reporting this. Um, are you buying it? I think that there are teams, but here's the thing. Like, you does, do. does it even matter? Okay. You actually think there's a team that seriously has scouted both these guys and said, you know what? It's, it's Zach Wilson for us. Seriously is like probably the, the wrong word because I don't, I, I do think that there are teams who like are not that far or not that close to the number one pick who like for whom the, the ranking means very little. And, and so the existence of one, maybe, but I'll say this, as far as uh, I thought you were going to break out the Brett Favre voice there, <laughs> maybe, you know, I mean, you're in Minnesota as, right now. Yeah. Uh, his second home, um, you know, for my, for my money, I, I said this on Twitter, I said, you know, th- one of your reasons for liking, you can like Zach Wilson over Lawrence. I, you know, I think that there are some markers in Lawrence's data that are tro- you know, troubling to a certain degree. Um, you know, obviously, you know, do I think we anchor way too much on these guys and like we give, you know, what if a guy makes an impression on us, we we are very slow to get off of it in subsequent college years. Um, but that being said, your reasoning can't be he played like crap in the college football playoff twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can't be somebody in the NFL thinks this way. So my opinion is valid. No, that's not that. That is like, that is not showing your work on an, on an assignment in freaking college. That's what that is. So don't, that, that's, that's a stupid way to sort of try to justify having an opinion, have the right, because I was seeing the other day, there was the whole Matt Miller. I think it was Ryan Clark. were like, you know, when I watched him against Ohio state and against, uh, uh, what was it, Alabama? I couldn't get out of my mind. Like, it's like, I'm sorry that Zach Wilson lost a game this season to Coastal Carolina. 
Like if you can't, you can't use like he can't play at a high level against great teams on one guy, and then completely ignore and, and then it. Ignore that, it that on it didn't the other happen guy. for yeah, another. Yeah. Like that's silly, and you can't do that. And I have a theory. You ready for my theory? My theory is that if you're a team that doesn't have the number one pick, you are spending all of your time pretending that Zach Wilson is ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Why? Because the Jacksonville Jaguars might not have a clue what they're doing and they might be listening and they might go, you know what? We've got to spend more time scouting Zach Wilson. And you just never know. You just never know. I think it's a ploy. I think it's a bunch of baloney um, and it's trying to get urban Meyer and the Jags to think actually seriously about Zach Wilson. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I'll say this. It's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a emotional hedge for the future, right? Like, Fact of the matter oh, is, is like there's so you a good can chance say, Lawrence does, there's a good yeah. chance Lawrence busts, and if he does, people want to be able to like say, "I told you so." I want to be the guy that comes on and says, "Yeah, Even actually, though, Zach Wilson was number one on our board, right?" Yeah. With like the Patrick Mahomes thing, that's exactly yeah. what you want to do. Even though Wilson, even though Lawrence could bust for a number of reasons that have nothing to do with Zach Wilson's place next to him on the yeah, it could have a lot to do field. with uh, with Jacksonville. All right, we actually asked uh, Gardner Minshew about. Trevor Lawrence. So you'll want to, uh, you'll want to listen. Um, before we get to Mr. Gardner Minshew, who, whoever gets picked by the Jaguars might have to uh, try and compete against. It's unseat. Yeah, it's unseat. I uh, want to let everyone know that if you have yet to pick up your copy of the NFL, the PFF NFL draft guide, you need to do so. And you need to do so soon because it is draft season. We're doing a mock in a couple of weeks. It's going to be fantastic. Um, an edge subscription, only $40 for the full year, carry you through the entirety of next season. You get the NFL draft guide. We've got another update coming soon. You get the NFL quarterback annual with 35, actually 36 quarterbacks um, in there, uh, plus all the premium content. So go check that out. And if you want, you get elite subscription uh, and that'll carry you through the entirety of next season with all of the betting um, tools, props, the DFS optimizer, all that stuff. So a lot of good, a lot of good things at PFF that you might want to go check out. I recommend that you do so ASAP. All right, let's get to Gardner Minshew. Here he is. Before we get to Gardner, a couple of things to remind you guys about. The first is if you have not gotten your PFF NFL draft guide, there's still time. So plenty of time. We're, we're getting into it, though. This is draft season, plus a little bit of free agency. PFF has you covered. We've got a, our top 150 free agents. We have the NFL draft guide, the big board, the quarterback annual with the special edition Gardner Minshew cover is out on Monday. So you'll want to go get that. It's PFF Edge subscription that gets you access to all of those. It's just $40 for the whole freaking year. Carries you all the way through next football season. Um, so you should go make that happen. And if you want, if you're, you know, someone likes to make some investments here or there, the Elite subscription will give you all the gambling tools, props tool, uh, and DFS optimizer for the remainder of the season. So go to pff.com, check all that stuff out, get yourself ready for draft season. Also, got to talk to you guys a little bit about DraftKings. Why? Well, yeah, I get that there are, you know, a little too early for draft props. There's no NFL games, but there is college basketball and they have a really sweet deal going on right now. If you use promo code PFF, when you sign up, you can bet $1 to win $100 on any team making a single three-pointer. That's right. Just one three-pointer and you can win. George, what's the odds for me to do that in a game? Yeah, right. It's uh, See, here's the thing. If you shot as many three-pointers as they shoot in these games, 
I, I think you'd, you'd be just fine. I'd bet on you. Um, and I'd make a hundred dollars and I'd risk only one. It's a no brainer. It's very easy. Plus uh, champions league is starting up. There's a lot of good stuff other than basketball uh, to bet on. So go check that out at DraftKings. There's Draft even FCS football, George, even that. Yes. I don't know. Can you bet on the fan controlled football? I don't know if you can do that. I don't think you can. If, if you could, I would know. Yes. Uh, so go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code PFF, bet $1 to win $100 on any college basketball team. You hit a three-pointer. It's very, very, very easy. You must be 21 or older. It's New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, and Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. And now, Gardner freaking Minshew. All right, special guest joining us here from a place where it's not snowing, Florida, Gardner Minshew, the, I should mention, the most valuable rookie, according to PFF War from two seasons ago. And last season, Eric, a guy that like at the beginning of the year, the underdog Jacksonville Jaguars led by Gardner Minshew, I, we got pretty hyped in the, uh, in the office about some of the, um, the wins uh, that you put together. Gardner, thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah, have to correct you when um, right there. It was uh, singular. But uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the love, man. Glad to, glad to be here with you. Well, I will say the week two against Tennessee, you were, I think, like nine point underdogs. And we, <laughs> and, and I think that we bet the over on the game. And I got to say, like, yes, uh, I, it, while you guys didn't win the football game outright, you did cover the spread. And that was a, that was yeah. one of the more entertaining games I, I saw last year. Was that was the, an incredible game. game. In Tennessee beat expectations yeah. and everyone was like hey man watch out for the jacksonville jaguars last year um i have a special so you said you you picked up a copy of the quarterback annual yeah. and we have a special we have a special one for you um a special right. commemorative edition um that mike is going to throw up on the screen now so that we can show you here what do you think about this for the the pff quarterback annual cover going forward yeah, I mean, I think you probably need to print more than you would think because um, that, that's going to sell, no doubt. You know, they say sex sells, and that's that's it right there. I think we could have used maybe one more um, jorts shot, but maybe yeah. we're missing the mullet. You never have enough of that. Yeah, or the braids. The, the braids yeah. was one I was not expecting. Before we get into the football side of things, what was the, what was the story behind the braids? Dude, I had my whole family in for Christmas, and uh, one of my sisters was just like, can I braid your hair? I was like, heck yeah. And then I thought it looked pretty cool, so I had to show everybody. Because when I saw it, and, and Eric and I were talking about it, we were like, oh, th this, the Florida, you know, the Florida man thing is going to take off with this, because mm -hmm. that it's, that's it to a T. All you needed was a grill at that point. Yeah, no doubt. Needed, needed some gold bottoms, and that would have been good. All right, I want to ask you because you pick up a copy of the QB annual. Like, what do you use it for? Because I don't think for us, it's always interesting to hear about how quarterbacks improve their play. How do you use it? What are you doing to improve? Yeah, so this time right now is a big self scout period for me. Um, you know, really as I'm setting my training, really figuring out what I want to work on this off season. You know, I need I need to understand kind of where I was good, where I was bad. Um, so I, I go back and, you know, try to find any trends and, you know, kind of align those with the uh, film. And I really like the access we have at the, uh, when I use the PFF at the facility, uh, we can take, 
you know, look at all my sack numbers, click on it, there's cut up. I go watch the cut up and really get to the bottom of some of the problems. I can go look at all the balls that I missed high. Okay, why am I missing high? Uh, my elbow's dropping a little bit. It's, it's easier to find trends when you have everything broken down and you can get to the, uh, get the film all in one place. Girl, that's such a, a great, like, uh, I think example. What do you, I mean, as you know, there are, there are things that are like easily correctable, right? For players. And then there are things that are harder to correct. I mean, is there, are you at the point in your career where it's almost all, um, you know, things that are easy to correct or are you starting to move on to stuff that's like, because you look at like somebody like Tom Brady's career, right? And like, he's just an absolutely different quarterback than he was yeah. when he started out. And, and obviously there are like small little mechanical things, but there are also the ability for a player to transform himself over time. How much do you dedicate to sort of like both of those? And, and are there examples of each kind of thing when you're looking at sort of how to improve your year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing that you're always working on as a quarterback is you're always trying to just fine tune your motion, just get as efficient as possible to where you can put the most power in the ball um, as consistently and as accurately as you can. Um, and then there's things like, uh, you know, last year I uh, had an issue fumbling the football, made a big emphasis. Every bit of training I did this year, I, I was carrying a football with me and, and ended up kind of addressing those things and, and was able to fix a lot of that. Um, and this year, as I dive into the film and to the uh, reports that they'll give me, um, I'll try to find similar, um, you know, deficiencies in my game and try to, try to tweak those. What We talk about this a lot, which is like, if a guy is accurate in college, he's likely to be accurate in the NFL. But if he's not accurate, you know, how much can you actually expect this guy to improve? Is that is that a correctable part of quarterback play or is it something that once you get to the league, if you're inaccurate, it's going to be really hard to change. I think it's one of those things. I think everybody can get better to an extent. Um, and I'd say there's probably a, a couple year window in the NFL to where you're probably training a lot different. You're training year round a lot more uh, than you ever have. I think guys can get better. Kind of like we saw, uh, man, Josh Allen this year was just absolutely Lights out playing, you know, the best ball I've ever seen him play. Um, just a lot more consistent. Um, but I, I think guys can. And I think one thing with accuracy in, in the NFL, um, you know, a big part of accuracy is learning how to throw to covered receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, because coming out of college, that's something you really don't have to do. Hmm. And learning how to do that efficiently uh, is a big part of, you know, what would go into your accuracy. So it's not necessarily a physical thing. Uh, but uh, more of a mental decision-making uh, aspect of accuracy. Right, and that, it's so interesting with young quarterbacks, right? Because you, you see um, if a young quarterback gets into a great system right away and a system where, you know, you get a couple years under your belt and guys are open. Like you think about Andy Reid's system, right, where guys are just always separated. It takes a lot of the, the, the guesswork out or a lot of the, that issue out, right? But if you're – like let's say, you know, if you're in a system with, you know, weaker wide receivers or um, just a, a scheme where guys aren't open as much, right, you do have to learn that far more quickly. And, and in college football, guys are more, just more open, right? And, and so your accuracy is far more on display as sort of a physical trait more than it is a mental one. Exactly. I mean, I think everybody, everybody in the NFL can throw routes on air. You know, they wouldn't wouldn't be there if you uh, couldn't do that. Uh, so I think that's the biggest uh, transition from the college game is just 
you know, learning how to, oh, when he's on his back hip, you got to put it just an extra foot out in front. Or when he's over the top, you just got to put it down on his knees. And learning, you know, those little intricate um, parts of accuracy is uh, it's a fun part of the game, though. I, I got to correct you there. There are some quarterbacks who cannot throw two open receivers. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. that but, is a glaring deficiency. I want to ask you about Josh Allen. So do you, it sounds like you study a lot of other quarterbacks. So I'll ask you about Josh Allen. What to you was the biggest change? What did he change the most to improve? And then who else do you watch that, you know, you maybe either pattern your game off of, or you look to, to find new things to implement in your game? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch a ton of Josh Allen because he's a guy that I just, you know, can't really relate to in a lot of ways. <laughs> Same. Um, that's, like, that's like telling a kid, hey, go watch LeBron and go do just go do what he does. Uh, no, I actually can't do that. Uh, but no, he, I think he, he's just doing a great job of, um, you know, he's always been good at extending the plays, but I think he's just gotten so consistent, um, you know, with the shorter and intermediate stuff. Um, you know, his ability to hit crossing routes, like, they ran a ton of them, and he, he, was, he was great. Uh, they had great guys that were getting open for him. Um, and then for me, the guys that I like to watch, I always watch Aaron Rodgers, uh, always have. Um, I think he, he does some special things like we were talking about, throwing to cover guys. I think he's so creative, um, and it, I think that pushes me to, you know, really try to, you know, fit those balls in there while also being safe. Cause I mean, he doesn't ever throw any interceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other guys, Drew Brees, uh, I've watched forever. I think just as far as a footwork uh, standpoint, anticipation, um, I think he's the best to do it in those, in those categories. Yeah. The uh, it's fun. Aaron Rodgers was a guy that if you said, Hey, this is someone that um, I don't watch. Cause he's got like tools that no one else has. I would have put Aaron Rodgers in there. So it's interesting that you mentioned him um in that in that group yeah no well he's, he's just uh i think it's, it's it's just a fun he's just the most fun to watch on film yeah. and also um man he's just so creative yeah i mean i think there was there were some interesting aspects of your game this year that sort of gave rise to the breeze comparison a little bit in the sense that i mean when you were against the blitz this year your pass rating went up almost 30 points um, you know, you, you got rid of the football more quickly uh, in, in, you know, in 2019, it was almost, you know, three seconds, but, you know, this past year it was under 2.8. Like, so is that part of like, is that just part of being more comfortable? Is that part of, you know, I mean, we talked about on our show last week with a lot of guys, you know, being in two different systems their first two years, it's just so hard, but at least, you know, you were, you know, you did have some changes here in, in offensive coordinator, but like, you know, just being, you, you looked more comfortable out there in year two. Is that, is that, is that, ma that manifests itself in the data, but was that something you felt, you know, yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, going back and I always, man, get sick when I watch old film. Cause I'm just like, man, I, I was really dumb. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little bit smarter every day. And uh, I felt like this year was better. And then even uh, after I got hurt, I came back and played one game against Baltimore. And I just really liked how, you know, calm my feet were. And, and that's something I'm always, you know, continuing to uh, try to improve. Is, that, it as that, much, is it as much feet as it is? Because I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is footwork. Everyone talks about the motion. How, how would you, like, if you're talking about being accurate, how would you rank the two? You probably can't have one without the other, but like, do people underrate the the footwork aspect? Yeah, absolutely. It's like if you were, 
going to hit golf balls and you line your feet up different every time. Mm-hmm. You know, your swing could be great, but that, that's going to be very hard to be consistent. Uh, I think one of the easiest ways to be consistent is try to always get to that good starting position uh, with your feet. And that's um, something I've tried to implement in my training. Is golf is golf a Florida thing? <laughs> is that yeah, no, yeah, I just started learning um, very recently because I'm in Florida and I felt I'm, I'm giving into the peer pressure down here. Yeah. What well that um, that's like the that's like the solid companion of any quarterback, right? Like you you find out you know later on that all these quarterbacks can chop it up on the golf course. So you gotta be, you know, you're gonna have like a 10, 12 year career in the NFL, you need that golf game. Dude, that's honestly probably the biggest reason I've uh, started to play golf because I'm sick of people saying, oh, man, you're an NFL quarterback. You got, you got to be able to play golf. You're an NFL quarterback. <laughs> All right. I'm doing it. <laughs> how, how, so how's it coming? Because I, I used to play a lot of golf and have been humiliated, and I have some maybe some anger issues on the golf course. Yeah. How is the learning process going for you? Dude, it's all right because I don't take myself too seriously. You know, I always see the guys out there that think they're good, but they're not good. So they get mad when they're not good. It's like, no, I, I know <laughs> I where I'm seen. at. I know where I'm at. Uh, I didn't lose any balls last night. So that was a win. Um, so yeah, just got to continue to stack little wins like that. And does, one day we'll that, be on the tour. Does that mentality help you as a quarterback? Because I know, you know, you haven't had, you know, I, I went back and looked. You, we talked about you having the, the being the most valuable rookie in the NFL in 2019. But uh, aside from Dak Prescott, I believe you're the most valuable quarterback in the league, not drafted in round one in your first two years uh, in a, quite some time. You know, so you haven't had you know the most. You know, obviously you're talking. Most of these quarterbacks are, are drafted in round one now, and you were drafted in round six. Um, you, you won a starting job, you know, relatively quickly. Um, but you, you know, obviously you 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 had to transition from East Carolina to Washington state. Then you were, you know, not a high draft pick. Then you were a starter almost right away. I mean, is this, it sounds like you take things as they come very well and you don't put a, you don't put any more pressure on yourself than the situation would give rise to I mean, does that, is that one thing that you attribute to, you know, sort of how well you've come out of the gate so far as an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I think um, one thing, you know, that was very unique about my path is going to four different schools in four years. Uh, I'm about to learn, like, my ninth offense in eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something that I think has made me very adaptable. Um, you know, can kind of, you know, make it work, get in where you fit in type deal. Um, and I, I do think that definitely helps, um, has helped me um, in my learning process in the NFL. Wait, you went it- to four schools in four years? I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Well, you were gonna go to you were gonna go to Alabama and be a backup, basically, right? And then yeah. and then Mike Leach decided he wanted you to be the starter, and then you put up. I mean, I remember this is so George isn't a isn't a huge college football fan, but I remember I I got I talked him into betting on you, uh, Washington State against what what team was it? Uh, was it like I can't remember, but you threw like a ninety five yard touchdown pass to win the game, and he, and I I think Utah, George was yeah. a immediately uh yeah yeah i was hooked he was hooked and and um and i was you know i was explaining go well this 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 wasn't even supposed to happen you were just supposed to go and you know win a national championship as probably a backup um but that you know i i think that that's that's something where from the quarterback position and it's hard to measure because a lot of these guys are anointed from the very beginning 
and their first set of adversity is when they're in the NFL. Um, but you, you have dealt with a decent amount and, and overcome a decent amount to the point where, you know, while the NFL is obviously a next step up, it doesn't seem to be as big of an issue for you as, as, as other quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, well, first talk about Washington state. We were the best team against the spread that year. We were 12 and one, um, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. And we, we were a great, we were a great team in that aspect. Um, made my friends a lot of money. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, that's definitely true to an extent. Um, I think a lot of these guys, you know, in high school, they're so talented, uh, you know, they're better than everybody in college. They go to teams where, you know, their team's better than everybody they play and then they get to the NFL and it's not, and it's, it's a shock. Um, but yeah, I think there, there's a big learning curve for that. And I think it's, uh, you know, depends on how you deal with it. What, um, there was a video that surfaced of Nick Saban's, um, like a recruiting zoom call. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So it was like, he comes on the zoom and he just, you expect it to be awkward, but he actually just completely kills it. Like it's one of the most incredible, he just sells Alabama. Like you've never seen before. Um, compare and contrast Saban and Leach. Oh God. I mean, that's, that's about the most two different people. <laughs> um, there is, but I remember, so we were going to the college football awards, uh, my year and I started to coach Leach about it. He said, yeah, you know, you used to always go, it'd, it'd be in Orlando. We go to the, they'd rent out the Disney parks and it'd literally just be us in there going on the rides. He said, I'd always make it a point. I'd go up to Nick Saban and I'd just touch him, just touch him on the shoulder. Cause he hates it, <laughs> but I'd touch him just to let him know that I can. <laughs> 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 and so yeah they're about as different as uh as could be um but also you know great in their own right does does it make you I, I obviously you don't like to see other quarterbacks um fail but when you look at like because I, I think that people can get the impression that like any quarterback can su succeed in that offense but I, that is actually not true, right? Like you look at Mississippi State this year and they threw like more interceptions and touchdowns and this is the year 2020. And obviously at Wazoo, uh, Anthony Gordon was fine. He wasn't as good as you were back, you know, his last year. But like, does it make you, because like I know that that offense is friendly to quarterbacks, but you took it to another level. Does it, does that sort of make you feel like a little bit more assured in, in sort of your success there when you look and, and see, you know, other quarterbacks, you know, not that struggle in it, but it, 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 you know, not necessarily put up, you know, 38 touchdowns like you did. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I know I had a lot of help my year. Uh, you know, it, we had an offensive line where we had a first round left tackle, a right tackle. That's going to be a first or second rounder in a year or two. Um, man, I, I don't know. I think every year is so different. There's so many things that go into it. Um, you know, even when comparing guys within a system, there's so many other factors that go beyond yeah. the numbers. And I think, uh, I think you, you guys do a good job of, you know, really trying to get to the root of that and trying to, you know, um, basically cancel everything out and get to the true uh, root of quarterback play. And, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, um, you know, to be one of those guys that Coach Leach holds in high regard, that's uh, probably my biggest honor. Is it, do you think he could be an NFL coach? Yeah, no, I think he could. Um, I think he could. I think a lot of his philosophy uh, would do really well in the NFL. Um, you know, his, his thing is, you know, we're, we're going to be really good at what we do and we're going to run it and we're going to run it and we're going to run it. Um, I think in the NFL, a lot of times, you know, you kind of people got to 
get in their own way um, and lose kind of whatever identity they have. Um, whereas I think you could really, you know, simplify things, be really good at things. And I think you see the teams that are great in the NFL, um, you know, aren't as complicated as you would think. Um, they get really good at what they do and they have the guys to do it. Well, that was like the, the Peyton Manning Colts, I think, had like, what, six plays? And they just yeah, they didn't do killed, they killed everybody with just the how, how well they executed. I, I do think Leach, had, you know, just from an outsider's view, Leach has like a pragmatism that I think might work even better with professionals than it does with collegiate players. Just, you know, I, I, do, what it, I do what I do because it works, you know, not necessarily um, because I have some sort of – I hold this particular thing in high regard well, I, it, but don't you think that one of the reasons i because i feel like people have always said yeah but with mike leach and a lot of it is about the uniqueness of him and his personality and those things but i agree with you and i'm curious your thoughts garner like to me that's a plus it seems like the way that he understands what's going on in the world and relates to players is what's needed in the nfl right yeah, no, I think he does a great job, you know, relating to his guys. I mean, I think he always can kind of keep things pretty light, and I think he can, you know, kind of flip that switch when he needs to. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's a great football coach, and that's all that matters in the NFL, you know. Um, you know, it's one thing you don't, you know, in the NFL you really don't need father figures. You don't need, um, you know, life coaches. You, you need you need football coaches, and um, I think he would, he would do great in that aspect. What was, let's say, like, welcome to Mike Leach story for you? You see, so you transfer, you come back, you know, you've had three different situations, you meet Mike Leach, and what was the moment you realized, like, this guy's different? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think the beginning, uh, I remember going on my visit there, and we had a 30-minute talk about how, um, I'm pretty sure it was how Starter made the best jackets. Um <laughs> And how he gets the equipment guys to sew the pocket in the front on all of them for him. And uh, just really went deep into that. He told me he told me how he went to Brandon, Mississippi, my hometown one time, when I know he didn't. He, he, there's 100% he did not go to my hometown. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you learn fast how to, you know, kind of guide the conversation uh, to a productive end. <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredible. Um, are you rocking, you're rocking the mullet still, yeah? Oh, yeah, I just didn't have time to, to do my hair this morning. You know, I couldn't, okay. couldn't put a bad mullet out there. So this, this, is a, this is a question. I think people look at the mullet, they look at your style, and they go, oh, yeah, it's a very, like, I don't really care, whatever. I'm just going to let my hair down sort of, you know, thing. But I was going to say, this takes, it takes attention to detail, right? You can't just rock some of these looks with well, he, no care. You just said it. You can't put out a bad yeah. mullet. Yeah. Like, like the, the mullet is a is – Take me through the mullet prep. Yeah. So actually I go to, um, is the town across from out in, in Mississippi, uh, Pearl, Mississippi. It's kind of like, it was like a rival high school, kind of like trailer park capital of the world type place. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I go into this dude to get my hair cut. Cause I figure if, if, if I can get a mullet anywhere, it'd be there. Yeah. Um, and I got a picture of Brian Bosworth and I'm like, Hey man, you think you could do something like this? Cause I was kind of nervous, you know, cause I was like, no, you know, nobody's cutting mullets anymore. Yeah. And I show him his picture. He looked at it for like half a second. He said, Oh yeah, I did one of those yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I came to the right place. And he, old John did me up right. So I, what's the time, what's the time that it takes to prep the mullet each day? 
Oh, no, no time, really. Um, you know, just kind of look in the mirror. It kind of keeps itself in check most of the time. Um, this morning, it was uh, feeling a little lazy. But, no, it's uh, it, it's pretty low. That's what I like it over the long hair because it's all, the you know, the freedom and the flowiness of the long hair, um, but without the maintenance. Yeah, I, it does seem ideal. I have not brought myself to that point yet. I, who do you think have a better chance at rocking the mullet, myself or, or Eric over here? Uh, I don't know. I think y'all should probably both do it, and then I think and then yeah, we can figure it let out. It, there. I think that's the only way to do it. Gardner Gardner's a football player. He says let competition work it work right. through. Who has okay? So if you, I guess I'm guessing you would rank yourself first. Best hair in football. Uh, let's let's leave it at quarterbacks. Best hair among all quarterbacks that play football. Oh man! Um, you can give us a power ranking if you want. Top three. Yeah, I'd say I'd say me. Uh, I'd say number two would be Shane Falco. Okay. Um, it was it was really impressive what he did, you know, in the '90s, um, you know, during the strike. <laughs> but um, trying to think of somebody in the league, I think you know Pat. He got the he got the hair and head and shoulders commercials. Um, but I mean, I think. I think I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to put him up there. He's, he gets honorable mention just for being in the commercials. Uh, I don't know, though. Um, you know, you always got sunshine from Remember the Titans. Uh, but it's hard to find, you know, like, you know, real hair that's that good. Yeah, the, Pat, Pat, Pat has the I don't really care how it looks feel to it, I feel yeah. like. But also, but also, you can tell he cares. No, he has a great, like, floofiness to it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very good. He keeps it up to date. I, I will just say, I think in general, quarterbacks don't do a very good job with the hair. It's something that, you know, like, because the helmet's on, like, Brady used to always have some weird thing going on with his yeah. hair. And, um, I, I think most like of the plastic surgery there has focused on other places. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Well, um, and, you know, you think of everybody, you know, you have to – look like an NFL quarterback and you know you look at it and that's the the high and tight you know no fun haircut um, he's in Florida now though you might you might be able to inch him closer to maybe not a mullet but something a little more you talk about Tom yeah no I think I'm pretty sure Giselle caused those shots <laughs> um, yeah I don't I don't think he has much say in that matter you you didn't mention you didn't mention the long flowing hair of Trevor Lawrence. So rivalry no, has correct. begun. Rivalry has begun. Hair versus hair. I'm excited for this battle. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's, you know, what do you want? You want, you know, the guy that's going to go, you know, meet your parents. You know, he's going to be very nice. He's going to open the doors. Or do you want the guy that you're going to go out Friday night and just have a ball with? You never know where it's going to end up. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's two schools of thought there. Um, you know, it's, it's the pick your poison type deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally rolling with the Friday night. Uh, yeah, no doubt. What, yeah, what's more, yeah, more fun. What, um, uh, so I want to get you out of here on this. Um, you've moved, uh, obviously Mississippi, then you were in Washington. Now you're in Florida. What's the biggest change for you? Like what's changed the most about you? I noticed you're not wearing sleeves man after my own heart like is the last time you wore sleeves last time you were in Washington yeah probably uh, I had a real dilemma when I was, I was home in Mississippi like last month 
and all of like my sweatshirts and sweats uh, and sweatpants, like I cut them all off because I'm full in Florida. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really, really paying for this now because I have no sweatpants. Um, but, you know, it's worth it. Um, it's the look I want and it's the look I got. So uh, can't complain too much. Yeah. I mean, you could probably even rock that on most golf courses in Florida. Yeah, no doubt. They're, uh, they're a little more lax down here um, for sure. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you hanging out. We're going to send you that copy of the quarterback annual. This is coming out on Monday. So on Monday, anyone that logs on to PFF is going to get that copy of the quarterback annual. Pretty excited about it. Um, we'll, maybe we'll have to call you in to help restock the shelves. Yeah, you're going to need some help. You just they're going to fly. <laughs> they're going to fly. Gardner Minshew, brother, we appreciate you. Great luck this offseason and next season. We're rooting for you. We're betting on you. You know the deal. No doubt. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, man. Very, very special thanks to Gardner Minshew. Um, I was so impressed by a couple of things. The first was the way that he handled the Trevor Lawrence question was fantastic. It was like he had practiced. I'm sure he's been asked this before. But also the fact that he did not wear sleeves to the interview really raised him up a couple of bars in my book. Yeah, the guy, um, the guy was awesome. He, he uh, certainly has a confidence that uh, I think shows. And I think that, but at the same time, so there's, there's an awesome thing where you have confidence in yourself, but you also seek out means of improvement. Uh, and Minshew sort of um, split the difference there extremely well, right? He was very confident in his abilities, but he, he certainly was no, uh, you know, he knows, you know, he knows that there are places he has to improve and he's going after that. So uh, hats off to him. He was, he's great. One, one day when he becomes a hall of famer, he will have been on the PFF uh, forecast with us. So that's what we have. Uh, next week, we're going to continue with um, some of the guessing of the win totals. We should probably do, um, maybe we should do the AFC South as one of them since we had, um, we have Carson Wentz now going over to the Colts. That'd be an interesting conversation to have. And uh, we did the NFC East already. We can maybe take a look at those um, now that we know that it's going to be Jalen Hurts. I think we assumed it was going to be. Um, and if we have any reaction to those, but um, stay safe. I'll see you on Wednesday. All right, big dog. In the dark, you shine.